0: Welcome to the Cure Church Lee Summit Podcast. Here at the Cure Church, we believe Jesus is the cure for whatever you may be going through. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, we pray this week's message encourages you. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, we just pray, Lord God, this simple prayer. Speak to us. Challenge us change us and transform us speak to us god through your holy word i pray god that you would anoint me to speak your word with boldness passion and clarity i pray anoint the ears and the hearts of every person that is here or every person that is watching online this morning god we pray let today be a day of transformative power to take place in us and through us god father we declare this this morning we do not want to be the same we do not want to be the same god Lord, if we're good, make us better. If we're bad, change us, God. Do a work through our lives, Father. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right, go ahead and find your seats. And I want to just ask you this morning, how you feeling, church? Oh, come on. Some of y'all feel chipper. All right, now that we got through the religious stuff, how you really feeling? Come on, somebody's like, all right, now we can be real. Come on, amen. I was speaking about faith earlier, right? Let's be real. Come on. Listen, when I ask a question like that, I'm keenly aware as a pastor that I can get the good answer, the surface answer, or we can get real when you ask about how you're feeling. When I ask a question like this, we can go through wide ranges of emotions, a lot of different answers and things like that. For some of you, I could ask how you feeling. You can just give me a look. And I'm like, I I feel you. Mary, I feel you. You ain't gotta say nothing, just like I understand completely. Some of you, I can ask how you feeling. You can begin to pour out your heart. And you'll be like, man, I feel like this. I feel like that. I feel like nobody does this. Nobody. And you can just let it all out. Some of you, we ain't even got to ask you the question. You walk in and we're like, stay away. They feel a certain way. Amen. Come on, somebody. I want to talk about this morning catching feelings. As you come to the house of the Lord, you may come in and you can feel hopeful, you may feel joy. You can feel amused, calmed by his presence, or just excited. Why? Because you made it. Yeah. Come on. This week, them been helling back, you're like, man, I'm so excited to be in the house of the Lord. Why? Because I made it. Amen? So I've been praying about this, and, and God showed me that, you know, our feelings and our emotions, they're tied up in a few things. Put that slide up if you can, Chris. I want you to visualize this. I want you to see it. Our our, our feelings are tied into things like this, our thought pattern, the people that we put around us, our circumstances, meaning what we're going through, and the condition of our hearts. All those things have a lot to do every day about how we feel. Would you say that's true? Come on, think about it. Our thought pattern, how we think about stuff. Not everyone thinks the same things. People can go through similar situations, but it's how you think about what you're going through that determines how you feel. Or you, you could be about the people around us. I'm very careful about the people I want around me because I want people that are going to build me up and not tear me down. Come on, somebody. Come on, we're talking about the circumstances. You can't change your circumstances. You can't choose what you go through, but you can choose on how you feel about what you go through. And the condition of your heart, man, that's all on us. That's all on us. The condition of our heart. Let me just say this. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. You feel like, feel like, well, you know, my heart makes me feel like this. Or my heart is leading me that. Listen, be careful because your heart is deceitful. Your heart is deceitful. Amen. It, it, listen, it is, your heart's messed up. Don't never be led by your heart. Be led by what the word of God says. Amen. Even 1 John 3.20 says, whenever our heart condemns us you both like, man, my heart supposed to have my back. Your heart will condemn you. He says, for whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. And he knows everything, amen? So listen to me this morning. So so listen, two people, two separate people, they ain't got to be in the same church. They can be in different continents. But they can go through situations, circumstances, things they go through, right? But depending on all the things I just said above, Put that back up for me real quickly. Depending on how they go about all these things, their thought patterns, the people around them, circumstances, the condition of their heart, they can come out of what they're going through feeling two completely different ways. Amen? Listen, because I'm a pessimist. Do I look at things on the bright side or is everything horrible? Right? So because my thought pattern was the right way, I can feel optimistic that I can get through what I'm going through. Because one person kept the right heart, come on, never got offended, never got bitter at God because of what they're going through. Because they guarded their hearts, they were strengthened, and they were blessed. And they endured their trials, and they came out on the outside of it not feeling worn out and beat up. They felt refreshed because they depended on God. Listen, the same thing is true for every one of us this morning. It's not about if you go through things, it's how you go through things. See, as Christians. And I know a lot of us in church were Christians. A lot of people choosing to watch what you know on Facebook this morning or Christians because you're not watching something else. <coughs> you can feel encouraged being around a group of believers. Like, this is your time. When you come to church, you're like, man, I feel great, man. I'm in church. I'm worshiping God with other people. I feel great. Yeah. Come on. You can feel empowered empowered, you know, especially when you go to conferences, we just had the revival, Matt Also, you're like, man, I'm fired. I feel fired up, right? Yeah. And you know, like I could take on anything the devil throws my way. I feel good. I feel empowered. I feel great. I feel, I feel, I feel. Why? Because of what you've been around, because of your environment. I feel a certain way. Come on, stay with me. On the other end of the spectrum, when you leave here, You can get around an environment and feel fear. You can feel shame, anger, sadness, disappointment. You may not feel that in church. Some of you might, but you may not feel that at church most times. But when you walk out of the four walls of the building and go back into your environment, whether it's work, whether it's home, whether it's in a dysfunctional marriage or family, you start feeling all these other things that you didn't feel in church. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Because now you're not surrounded by like-minded believers who encourage you and praying for you. Now you're around people who want to tear you down, who don't believe what you believe, who want you to be the old way, who want you to go back to smoking and drinking and cussing. Come on now. You're around people now who keep saying you'll always be the way you've always been. You'll never change. You'll always be like your father. You'll always be like your mother. You'll never get free of this addiction. You can't change. And it makes you feel a certain way. Hear me. Feelings are a real thing. God gave you feelings. But God showed me something. The feelings we have can either lead us to truth or lead us into lies. Because sometimes when you feel something, you're dead on. You're spot on. I feel this. Let me go deal with it because I I feel something. But then sometimes you can have a feeling when you allow the enemy to play on what you feel can lead you into a lie. I'll give you an example. Here's the greatest one I hear as a pastor. I feel like no one loves me. I feel like no one cares. Can I tell you something? Even if no one on earth cared about you or loved you, which that is a lie, God does. Even if every, come on, we say that everyone can abandon me. God will never abandon me. He will never leave me. never say, so listen, even if, By the very minute, small, microscopic chance that no one on this planet loves you, God does. But the enemy can play on that emotion of feeling lost, feeling despair, feeling like I don't fit in. Come on now. He can make you feel like you're not loved. Feelings are real. When my wife feels a certain way, I can't tell her you're tripping. Wives are like, you better not, <laughs> Pastor Lewis. How she feels is how she feels, right? I can't tell her, you're, you're tripping. You ain't feeling like that. How she feels is how she feels. But sometimes, if we're not careful, we can allow how we feel be put into the hands of the enemy, and he can twist. Yeah, wow. yeah. Meaning like this, that... Sh- I'm i I'm, I'm off my wife. A person... I want to have no each one I go home. So a person can say something. I'll put myself in a position. I'm a pastor. There's one me. There's a lot of you. So maybe I didn't get a chance to talk to you after service. Or maybe I didn't get a chance to, to uh, make an encounter with you. And you can say, Well, I feel like Pastor Lewis did this or did that. Listen, I could be as far from my mind or mindset as possible, but you can feel that way. How you feel is how you feel. But it may not be truth. Are you hearing me? You may take it as, well, he don't have time for me, uh, he's too busy for me. That could be everything but the truth, right? So, so we have to be careful that when we have these feelings or have these emotions, amen, that we line our feelings and our emotions, they must line up with the word of God. The biggest lie, people don't care, people are not there, people don't need me. That's the biggest lie. I've been serving God, man, for a good while now. I keep trying to do the math. I think it's 19 years coming up. And what I can tell you is this. What you can glean from me as your pastor is this. That the only way I'm able to make it 19 years serving God is because I made a decision I'm not going to serve God based on how I feel. If you get anything this morning, get that. You cannot serve God based on how you feel. You can't. There's, there's no way, man, because feelings change. But guess what? God don't. So I can't serve them based on how I feel. I have to base on what I know. Our feelings, our emotions, man, listen. The reason why you can't serve God like that is because they're so easily changed. They shift so quickly. You ever heard the expression that feelings change like the weather? Well, in Kansas City, man, you'd be all over the place. You'd be like, man, what the heck is wrong with them, man? They were cool this morning. Right? Because our feelings are fragile. Your feelings have a lot to do with how you grew up, how you were treated, where you were abused. All those things go into play, and that's why I can't serve God based on feelings. My feelings will change, but my Father in heaven does not. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen? My feelings don't stay the same, but my God does. I hope you're getting something out of it this morning, because I've been so excited to preach this. Can I tell you something? You won't always feel the goosebumps. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hey, I love those times. But guess what? What about when I don't? Listen, you will not always feel the goosebumps. You won't always feel the presence. You won't always, listen, you won't always feel like serving God. And that's when you say, feelings, you are a liar this morning. I may not feel like worshiping. I may not feel like praising. I may not feel like giving, but I don't serve God on my feelings. I serve God based on my faith, based on my obedience, amen. So when I don't feel like doing it, it don't matter because I'm not led by my feelings. I'm led by the word of God. You may not feel it. I may not feel it, but I will faith it until I do. God created us to feel. To be people who feel things. You know, feeling things, whether it's a physical feel or an emotional feel. Listen, when I get hurt, I'm supposed to feel it. That's my body's way of telling me, listen, something's wrong. If I didn't feel nothing, I could have issues within my body that were never dealt with because I didn't feel it. You're supposed to feel things, amen? It it is God giving you the alarm signal, the warning. Something's off. Something's going on. We're supposed to feel. It's something God gave us. Studies show that there are 27 different feelings or emotions. And I know that may not seem like a lot. You probably thought like, thought like a lot more. It may not seem like a lot until you go through all 27 in one day. Or for some of you, one hour. I feel like some of you are like that. I ain't going to name no names, but I feel like, like, whoa, what you will I get today, amen? But listen, here's why this is so important, especially in the time and season and spiritual climate in which we live. Your feelings can change based on what's going on around you. It don't have to do anything with you, but it's going on around you. Your feelings can change based on media, social media, what that person says, what that person does. Come on, if you look at the news, you may have started off feeling hopeful until you see the crime, until you see what happened, and then you feel like discouraged, like, man, this is the world we live in, right? So in the climate we live in, which is like, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not old, so I don't know how things have been in every part of history, but I can tell you, man, that what we're living through and what we're going through right now seems like it really wants to steal our joy, take away, amen, what we feel is the presence of God to lead us and guide us. I mean, this is really trying to rob you of everything God wants to give you. But no matter what changes around you, listen to me, the word of the Lord is unchangeable. Come on. Amen. Come on, let me say it one more time. No matter what changes around us, have hope in the fact and knowing that even though things may change, the word of the Lord does not. The word of the Lord, amen, is unchangeable, unyielding to the atmosphere and the climate that goes on around us. For me, that's a safety net. That means I may live in a world of chaos, but I can find peace in the word of God. This will never change, amen? So the world can say whatever it wants, the world can do whatever it wants to do, do its best to make us feel hopeless and helpless. But then when I feel hopeless, when I feel helpless, can we be real this morning? You ever felt hopeless, helpless? We go to the word of the Lord. So when I go there, I, I understand when Paul said that in this hope, I am saved. So right then and right there, now my hope is starting to be restored, amen, because it's in this hope, meaning my Savior, in which I'm saved. And then I go to Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. He says, listen, the plan that I have for your good and not evil, to prosper you, give you a hope, yes. to give you a hope. That's my plan. The Bible says that is my plan, to give you a hope. So now my hope is starting to be restored. When the enemy tried to rob me of my hope, when the world tried to steal my hope, now I'm starting to have more hope. Why? Because the Bible says I should have hope. Jesus is my hope. He's a hope to the hopeless. He's the help to the helpless. Even, listen, even if I don't feel it, it doesn't change who Jesus is. You need to hear that this morning. Even if I don't feel hopeful, it don't change that Jesus is hope. You can feel forsaken, but you're not. You can feel lost, but you're not. You can feel like a failure, but you're not. Listen to me. Stop letting your feelings dictate who you are and who God says you are. Oh, I don't feel it. So what? So what you don't feel like it? I don't feel very victorious. Well, Jesus went to the cross for you. That means you're victorious. But you go around and you live based on your feelings, and your feelings will rob everything God wants to give you. Matter if you don't feel a certain way, who cares? I'm not trying to feel like I look best, you don't understand. Listen, I'm not that person. I do want to walk through it with you, love on you, help you get through it, but man, stop living by your feelings. I said it before, I say it again. The feelings are a liar. They don't come and give you full truth. Listen, when my life is connected with Christ even though I may feel unloved, looked over, not good enough, I tell my feelings, shut up. Come on, I listen. We all know you're a little off. Y'all look at me like you ain't. Listen, I know you're a little off. Everyone is. So listen, there's nothing wrong but telling your feelings, shut up. Somebody, might, what'd you say to me? No, I was talking about feelings. It's all good. It's all good. Listen, you don't want, listen, I'm talking to my feelings. My feelings are laughing at me. My feelings are screaming at me. My feelings are telling me something I know ain't true. So I'm telling my feelings to shut up. I'm telling them they need to be quiet. Because they're not going to rob another second from my life as a believer. They're not, listen, they're not, I'm not going to allow these things to continue to rob and take away from me. Amen? I am who God says I am. I am who God says I am. I am a man of God. I am a woman of God. I am a child of faith, amen? Listen, I'm declaring, I'm decreeing. Why? So I don't let my feelings take over. I'll let my faith take over, amen? So listen, I want to read this text real quickly, and I want to show you that how you feel about yourself or your situation means nothing compared to what God says. Okay? Hear me. What you feel about something, how you feel about yourself, Again, not to belittle it, but to show you that what you feel don't mean nothing if God says something to the contrary. If God says you're victorious, if God says you're an overcomer, even when you don't feel like it, just know, well, God said it. So even though I don't feel like it, God said it. Amen? So open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 18. I love this text. Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 9. It says that Jesus told the story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. That alone should stand out to you. Great confidence in their own righteousness. Not the righteousness of Christ, their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Let me tell you something. None of us should ever dare have confidence and our own righteousness. Because the Bible says this, there are none righteous, no, not one. Isaiah 64, 6 says, we are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteousness, our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fail, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. When we display are righteousness are righteousness they're nothing but filthy rags listen the only righteousness we can attain is the righteousness of Christ right listen that's the only righteousness we can help to attain is a righteousness that is found in God listen it's not that we're ever righteous you're never righteous but God is so listen when I come to God that's the righteousness that's in my life is the one that comes from Jesus Christ that's the only way I make it to heaven That's the only way I make it to heaven is because not of my own righteousness, but the righteousness that God gave me when he died for my sins. Are you hearing me? So our righteousness is found in Jesus Christ, not anything else. So the Bible says in the next verse, in verse 10, that two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else. If I had a record thing I'd Chris, why don't you put that in there? So he says, "I am not as I thank you, God. I'm not a sinner like everyone else." Well, that's interesting because First 1 John 1:18 1 says, "If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth." So for anyone to say, "I'm glad I am not a sinner" is already a sinner." They just showed they just lied. Matter of fact, they lied and the pride in their life. They have two big old sins right then and right there. He went on and says, well, I don't cheat. I don't sin. And I don't commit adultery. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. That is the most insane self-righteousness you could ever see. To be in the house of the Lord and start pointing at people like, man, I'm glad I'm not like that girl. I'm glad I'm not like that guy. Whew. Lord, you must love me because I ain't nothing like them. I'm so much better than them. And that is the most insane self-righteous you will see. And you better be careful that you're not the one pointing fingers. The Bible says, what are you trying to do? Take the splinter out of someone else's life when there's a plank in your own. You, You want to take that splinter out? Take the plank out first. What is he saying? Deal with your own issues first before you start pointing out everyone else's issues. Because most times the person pointing to issues has a bigger issue than the one who they're trying to take care of. Most times, their issue is way bigger, but they like to point at someone else's issue to take the onus off of themselves. He says, I don't cheat, I don't sin, I don't commit adultery, I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. Listen, on the outside, great. That's what you should do. But a lot of times we get so tied up in in the bigger sins, the bigger things that are going on outside of us that we don't deal with the inner issues in our hearts. By acts, you give. By acts, you don't commit adultery. By acts, you didn't do this or do that. But what's going on the inside of you that's making you ugly and horrible and messed up? Listen, you can look real good on the outside and be a complete hot mess on the inside. You take care of the stuff that people can see, but you never take care of the stuff that people can't see. But here's why there's an issue. Taking care of the things that people see only gets you past people. But rejecting what's going on in the inside of you is saying, God, I care more about what people think than what you think. Because I'm taking care of the outside so I can get approval from man, but I'm not taking care of the inside because I'm not worried about the approval of my father. Hey, how you feeling? Still feeling great? Come on now. They went in to pray, two men, but listen, they went in for two different reasons. One out of religious duty, one to be seen, one to make sure that everyone knows I'm here. But the other one came out of desperation, knowing the full extent of his sinful life. You ever felt desperate? That's another feeling, church. You ever felt desperate? back against the wall don't know what to do situation is out of my hands out of my control listen i need god you ever felt desperate see the pharisee felt like he was justified because of his works he felt justification based on his religious duty and his religious acts listen you can feel justified and not be you hear me you can feel i'm I'm justified and here's, here's how it looks for us we feel justified in our actions well, because they did this, I did that. I'm justified. And we can feel justified and not be. A man of God said this, that we can be 100% right and still be 100% wrong. Yeah. Meaning we can be right in our own eyes, but we're wrong. You can feel justified and not be. Feel justified in your actions and what you do. Listen, it can look like this. You know, you're, we're called to be tithers and givers. We're called to give to the kingdom of God. Well, I got all these financial situations going on, so I feel justified and not giving, but You're not. There's there's never that avenue or that way out saying, well, if this is going on, don't worry about it. We can feel things. Well, this person's not doing this for me, so I feel justified in going to another person. You're not. You're not. You can feel justified and completely not be. And this man was not justified. Because there was sin in his life. There was pride birthed out of a dependency on self instead of a dependency on God. The moment I start depending on my own actions and my own worth and my own works is the moment I lose it all. That's the moment I say I'm better than God. That's what he was saying. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 says, For God saved you by his grace when you believed. Watch this. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation It's not a reward for the good things we have done so none of us can boast about it. Salvation is not a reward based on how good of a person we are. We're good people. I earned it. We didn't earn nothing. You can't earn it. We're too messed up. It's not a reward for the good things we've done. I can't work my way into heaven. I can't. Listen, I I thank God for that. That I'm not called to work my way into heaven but we're called to accept what Jesus Christ has already done for us on the cross of Calvary. Now watch this. Let's shift over to this other man. Verse 13. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, O oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I'll tell you this, sinner, not the Pharisee, return home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Let's break this down real quickly. Stood at a distance. The first thing it says, the task collector stood at a distance. I'll give you a picture. It's like someone coming into church, and they wouldn't dare come to the altar to worship God. They sat in the back with their head down. Watch this. When you study this, to stand at a distance represents a feeling of shame in his life. An embarrassment for his sin. Feeling like feeling like I've been cut off from God. Feeling like I've been cut off from man. No one wants me. No one loves me. No one cares about me. Feeling as he felt isolated, alone, estranged, separated. He felt dirty and he felt unclean. And because of the way he felt, he wouldn't even come close to the altar. He stood at a distance, hoping maybe no one sees me. Hoping maybe no one notices me. Hoping maybe no one will bother me or or say things to me. Hoping. But can I tell you something? Feeling the way he felt. And again, he felt that way. I can't tell this man, listen, you don't feel that way. He does. He felt ashamed. He felt dirty. He felt unclean. He felt not good, right? But fe- watch this. But feeling the way he felt, he genuinely prayed and worshiped God. A lot of you in your Christian faith made mistakes, done things, dealing with situation, and you feel the way. You know what you do? You just don't come. You just don't come. I'm just not coming. I feel this way. I don't, I'm not coming. But man, I wish that we can take a little note from this man. That even though he felt ashamed, even though he felt dirty and unclean, even though he felt the way he felt, he still came into the house of the Lord. Amen. I may not feel like coming close, but I will still come. Amen. I may not feel like worshiping, but I still will. I may not feel like praying, but I will. Because I know that my hope, even though I feel the way I feel, I know my hope is found in God. Now, that ain't even it. That's not even the end of it. He wouldn't even come close, but look what else it says. It says that he wouldn't even lift up his eyes to heaven. He didn't even feel worthy to look to where God resided. He felt unworthy to do what? To face God. He wouldn't do this. He had his head down. He was away from everyone else. This is a man who felt shame and he felt worthless. Worthless. Feelings. He felt shame and he felt worthless. What else did he do? The Bible says that he beat his chest. If you study that, that's an act of mourning. To tear your clothes, to beat your chest. That was an act of mourning. This man felt so much shame, so much guilt, that he beat his chest in sorrow. I'll explain why they did this. The chest is a housing for the heart. Now, the heart, whether they looked at it as a literal thing, my heart, which represents the sustaining of my life, when my heart beats, the blood flows, I live, or the heart can represent human emotion. Beating the chest is used not just for some sorrow, but extreme sorrow. Imagine this in church, in the temple, in the house of the living God, a man or a woman in the back of the church. Where everyone else feels justified in their lifestyle, but a person in the back of the church wouldn't look up, wouldn't come close, beating their chest. Lord, have mercy on me. Sometimes we think, "Man, they're crazy. What do, what do they do? What's wrong with them?" But the truth is this: if we were honest enough, that's how we would worship. But we don't because we don't want people bothering us or saying what's wrong with us or thinking something about it. We're too concerned again about the outside and not concerned about what's going on the inside. Amen. Listen, for some of you, true worship will look just like that. It will look just like that, beating the chest, unless you just don't care about your sin no more. Beating the chest. true reason for beating the chest the expression of it was sorrow the expression of it, all these things but the true reason they did that is because they felt so horrible about whatever whether it's their sin whether it's losing someone whether whatever it is that they beat their heart to injure their heart so this tax collector is beating his chest in sorrow and repentance compared to the Pharisee who needed just as much forgiveness grace and mercy as a tax collector but showed no sorrow or no remorse for the self-righteousness and pride in his own life. He said these words. This tax collector said, I'm a sinner. He said it when the other man said, I have no sin. I'm glad I'm not a sinner. He said, I'm a sinner when the Pharisee claimed not to be. What was he saying? He said, I acknowledge before you, God, that there's nothing good in me. I acknowledge, God, that there's nothing that you want from me. I, I have nothing to offer you. I'm messed up. Come on, let me put in today's term. I'm toe up from the flow up. I'm jacked up. I'm messed up. Man, everyone around me seems like they got it all together. But Lord, what about me? I'm so messed up. I steal from people. I'm dishonest. I've messed up so many times. I don't know how to get out of it. God, have mercy on me. He was convicted. You know what he did when he was convicted? He didn't stay at home. He came to the one place where he can find forgiveness. He came to God humbly, with a humble heart, recognizing that I don't deserve this mercy, but God, if you can give it to me anyway, I ask you to give it. None of us deserve mercy. Are you kidding me? None of us deserve grace. But because he is who he is and we ain't who he is, he will give it when we don't deserve it. See, we're people, we don't give out mercy unless somebody deserves it. We don't give out grace unless somebody deserves it. But God's not like us. When we don't deserve it, he still gives it. When we don't deserve his love, he still loves us. Come on, somebody. I thank the Lord that we're not God. I thank the Lord that he ain't like us. Look at what Jesus says. I'm going to read it again. He said, I tell you, this sinner by feeling justified, but he ain't. Be a rude awakening from the day of judgment. Not this guy, but this guy. See, if we would have had a test and we read the story before Jesus said what he's about to say, if we had a test like, man, he was a Pharisee, he's dressed nice, he's in the temple all the time, he's tithed, he don't do this, he don't do that. But then you have this guy. He's all kind of messed up. But here's the test which one is justified in the eyes of God? Most people say that guy. And this is what I love about Jesus. He was always turning the world upside down, even while the things he was saying, changing the culture of what people thought and believed. He said, no, not that guy. Why don't you look at this guy? He said, the tax collector, the sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Listen, this is one of the greatest fears for me. I want to say humble for the Lord. Why? Because either I can humble myself or God can do it for me. I don't want God to do it for me. Because if he does it, woo! Listen, this task collector, this this is where I really want you to catch what I'm saying right now. Because I want to speak to you. Because it doesn't matter how you go home feeling. I want you to know what's real, okay? So this tax collector went home still feeling shame, worthlessness, sorrow, but Jesus called him justified. Here's what I want you to catch. Justified means to be marked as good. Declared or made righteous in the sight of God. It means this, to be found not guilty. Okay, now watch this. He went home justified even when he didn't feel justified. Maybe that's not heavy revelation, but I thought, man, Lord, how many times do we go home feeling beat up, broken, defeated? But God says, you may feel this way, but you're victorious. How can I be victorious when I don't feel victorious? I'll tell you how. Believe what God says about you. That's it. This man left. I guarantee you, he still left with his head down. He still left feeling defeated. He still left feeling all kinds of ways. But Jesus said, this is the guy who left justified, even when he didn't feel justified. There has to come a point in our life, church, when we stop living by what we feel and start living by what God says. So I'm going to end with this. How do we serve God? Here's, here's a million-dollar question. Pastor, how do I serve God when I don't feel it? How do I serve God when I don't feel it? I'll tell you, you need discipline in your life. That may not be the answer you're looking for, but it's the answer that will keep you going. You need to be disciplined. Our lives, they're full of responsibilities. We have families, we have children, we have things, jobs, we have have distractions everywhere. They go by the names of Netflix, Hulu, (laughs) video games, games, thank you, Preach It, (laughs) Fortnite. They're all around us. There's chaos all around us. But can we be disciplined enough to press in and seek God even when we don't feel like it? Can I tell you something as your pastor? I don't always feel like praying. (gasps) But as a Christian, I know I need to. So I have to discipline myself to pray. And listen, I ain't going to lie. It's great when I feel like praying. Man, I feel like I'm karate chopping the enemy. I'm drop kicking him. I feel like, whoa, whoa, pow. Take that, devil. I know my wife thinks. Stop doing that. It's great, but man, can I tell you something? There's times when I don't feel like praying. I don't feel super righteous. I don't feel like super spiritual, but I do it anyway. I think I get more out of that than I do when I feel like kicking the devil's butt because it takes me to a place where I feel like, Lord, I didn't feel it, but you took me in. I I contended. See, a lot of times when we don't feel it, we just don't do it. And that's why you're not where God wants you to be at. Because you're led by your feelings. I didn't feel like praying, so I didn't. I didn't feel like worshiping, so I didn't. I didn't feel like reading my Bible, so I didn't. And you wonder why your life is where it's at still. How we've never graduated or got to a greater place because we're too led by our feelings and we won't let God lead us. But the moment you start, listen, the moment you start worshiping God when you don't feel like it, that'll be the greatest worship experience you've ever had. Because listen, to me, I think about this. There's a reason the devil don't want me to worship. I might, be, I might get my healing right now. I might get my breakthrough right now. Come on, I, listen, God might restore some things right now in the midst of my word. There's a reason the enemy don't want me to go to church. I don't feel like going to church. Why, though? Some of you are so surface. I don't feel like it. Why, though? Because if I go, maybe this might be the service I need. Maybe this is the mess that's going to change my life. We have to be more disciplined, church. Individually and even corporately as a body of Christ, we have to be more disciplined. Listen, I'm not. I'm not trying to rebuke the church and like that. But listen, we had an outreach on Friday. Three families showed up. We can do better than that. Why one to three? Because a lot of us just didn't feel like going. It was cold. I don't feel like going. It's cold. I want to stay bundled up. I'm gonna drink some coffee, eat some chili. Whatever you do, I don't know. You know, Chris is a comedian. No, like literally he is. So anytime I can make Chris laugh, I feel great, amen? I feel good. Sometimes I say things, I'm waiting on Chris to laugh. He didn't laugh like, damn, must not being that funny. All right. Listen, moving on. We have to be disciplined. It's easy to feel God in church. It's easy to feel God in our prayer meetings. It's easy to feel his presence of worship. But when you don't, can you still sing a hallelujah? When you don't, amen, can you still let the word of God lead you to truth? Listen, here's a question. If you never felt God again, could you still serve him? Let that sink in for a minute. Again, man, I love feeling his presence. I love feeling like, man, I love coming out of my office and feeling like, ooh, the worship team, the worshipers in this church, man, they are really contending. I can feel it. But you know what? It don't stop me that when I come out I don't feel nothing. When I feel like everyone like came to a morgue instead of church. That don't stop me. I, I promise you this. And I don't do it for show. If I come out and I don't feel nobody doing nothing, I'm still pressing into my worship. I'm still going to lift my hands. I'm still going to shout, amen. I'm still going to give God praise cuz it's not about how I feel. It's about what I know. But again, Ask yourself this question. If I never felt, remember, I'm putting big old air quotations around it because it's not about feeling, but if I never felt God, could I still serve him? The answer has to be yes. If I didn't feel a goosebump another day in my life, if I didn't feel his presence another day in my life, if I didn't feel love by God another day in my life, I would still serve him because that's based on the truth of who he is. close right now, but listen, I want to speak to something real quick before we close. Some of you feel like I'm in a dry season. You feel like it. But could it be you're really not in a dry season you just feel that way? And you just feel that way because you let your feelings lead you instead of pressing in and getting your breakthrough like you're supposed to? (coughs) To me, there's not really dry seasons. There's opportunities to press in. There's opportunities for me to go Deeper to refuse to stay where I'm at and go deeper to where God has for me. I said it before, I'll say it again. Don't let your feelings dictate who you are or who God says you are or even where you're at in life. Don't let your feelings tell you you're this. Don't let your feelings tell you you're that. If it don't line up with what God already said you are as a daughter and as a son of God, don't live by your feelings, live by your faith. Amen. Amen. Can we give God praise this morning? Come on. Come on, stand on your feet with me. Stand on your feet with me this morning. Thank you, Jesus. I don't think I need to say much. But feelings have led your life. Feelings have dictated who you are, what you are, what you do, what you don't do. And God is calling us to go to another level, to not let feelings lead us, but to let the word of God, our Father in heaven, the Holy Spirit lead us. If you know that I've been one who has lived my life, lived my Christian life based on how I feel, like if I didn't feel like going to church, I didn't go. If I didn't feel like worshiping, I don't. If I didn't feel like pressing in, I didn't. And you know, man, i got to put an end to that. I can't serve God based on how I feel. I have to serve God based on faith and obedience. If that's you, and you know I've dealt with that, I want you to come to this altar. I want to pray for you this morning. Amen. Come on. God's going to do something. For those of you who come to this altar, I I believe this. God is about to do something. God's about to break some things off of our lives. Break some things off of our lives. Amen. Because listen, Without really knowing it, this, is, this ain't no heavy, revy sermon. This is fairly simple. But the revelation is impactful. It's profound. If we take it, we realize, man, I've been living my feelings. I've been living my feelings. I can't do that no more. And God's going to heal me. God's going to give me my breakthrough this morning. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you so much. God's going to touch you this morning. What's your name? Tony. Tony. Hey, Amen. God bless you. God's going to do something this morning. You're at this altar. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. How you doing, sis? God bless you. Amen. Tavion, you feel good. This is new. You feel good. Like, man, I feel like God's doing something. Can I tell you something? I don't mean to scare you, but you ain't always going to feel that way. And that's where discipline has to kick into your life and say, listen, I don't care if I don't feel like it. I don't care how I feel. Because every one of us, when we get saved, I mean, really get saved, we all have a honeymoon period. Can I tell you something? When I got saved, man, I was excited to fast. Who does that? I was excited. I couldn't. I was excited about, man, I was excited about my Bible, excited about everything. Can I tell you something? Not long after that, I wasn't excited no more. Being honest. I wasn't excited. To fast? No, I didn't then. When they called the whole church fast, I was like, ah. When does it start? Let me go eat a bunch of things before it starts. And that was the worst, that jacked me up. But I didn't always feel like it. But that's where I had to understand that As a young disciple, I'm not in this for feelings. I'm in this because I believe and I know without a shadow of a doubt that he's the only way to heaven. He's the only way to salvation. He's the only way. He said it, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. That's truth. That's not a feeling. That's truth. And if you let that truth, Tavion, and everyone else that's at this altar... If you let that truth lead you and guide you that he's the only way, not a way, but the way, then I'll continue to serve him even when I don't feel it. Amen? Come on, lift up your hands. Father, we love you. And we thank you. The Lord that we're not in this for feelings. We're not in this for the goosebumps. We're not in this for emotions. We're not in here in this for, for the tears for the crying at the altar, all those things are good. But that's not what we're in this for. We're not serving you, Lord, because we feel it. We're serving you because we believe with everything inside of us that you are the only way to salvation. God, I'm not good enough, we're not good enough, but Lord, you are. And Lord, when my feelings change, I recognize this, you do not, and you never will. My God is the same, always and forever. So, Father, today we come before your throne and we say help us. Everyone at this altar, we say help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, not to be led by feelings and our emotions, God, because they shift and they change and they're fragile and they go up and they go down. Lord, I can feel happy in one minute. I can feel sad the next minute. I can watch a movie that makes me feel excited. And in the end, I can feel broken. Our feelings change, Lord but my Father in heaven does not. So Father, we pray, help us, Lord Jesus. Help us, God, Feelings to be the men and the women of God that you have called us out to be. Father, I pray, Jesus, that the feelings and the emotions our sister Kinsey goes through, Lord Father, the ups and the downs, the fight that she has, God, almost on a daily basis, Father, that, Lord, you will be her help, Father, that you will be her strong tower, Father, That you will be with her, Lord God, and not against her. That you will be for her at all times. Father in heaven, I pray, God, that you will begin to pour upon upon her a greater reverence. That you will pour upon her, Lord God, a greater uh, excitement, a zeal, a joy for who you are, God. Not because a situation dictates it. Because her situation, Lord God, might be a situation, Father, that she wants to be out of. But Lord, you can still give us joy in the midst of what we're going through. So, Father, we recognize that joy is not a feeling. It's not an emotion, Father. It's what we're called to be in you. It's who you are. So, Father, we pray, give our sister Kenzie, Lord God, a greater joy right now in the name of Jesus. Let joy rest on her. Even when she don't feel it, God, I pray, let her declare it. I am joyful. I am full of joy in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray over this house, over your people, over your sons, over your daughters. God, in heaven, we will not be led by feelings. I feel that some of you need to declare with your own mouth. You need to declare with your own voice, I will not be led by my feelings. Someone say it right now. Because what you're doing is this you're making a declaration, you're putting a line in the sand. You're saying, Devil, I will not be led by my feelings. I will not be led by emotions, but I will be led by the Spirit of God. Father, we thank you, Jesus. We call it out. We call it what it is. Feelings, you are a liar. So that means when I don't feel like worshiping, I don't follow a lie. I follow the truth. So when I don't feel like worshiping, I will worship. If I don't feel like reading, I will read. If I don't feel like praying, I will pray. The more I don't feel like it, the more I'll do it. Because there's something the enemy's trying to keep away from me. And Lord, you said this, that what you have for me is good, not evil. Lord, you have a future for me. Even when I don't feel like there's a future, you have a future for me. You said to give us a hope. Even when I don't feel hope, you give me hope. Matter of fact, you are hope. And when I have you, Lord, I have every single thing I need, even when I don't feel it. Lord, this man, this tax collector, you said he walked away justified, even when he didn't feel justified. Lord, we may not always feel good. We may not always feel like we're in the right place. We may not always feel spiritual or super great. We may not always feel justified, but with you, we are. So, Father, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord God, that you created us to be like you, with you, in you, and for you. So, Lord, we pray that now that we're walking out of our emotions and out of our feelings, Lord you begin to do greater in us because Lord we made the declaration we made the decree we won't be led by feelings but we'll be led by your spirit we thank you and we love you for all that you're doing in the Cure Church Lee Summit and everything that you're about to do fill your house up oh God draw people in Father that when they wake up in the morning when they don't feel like going to church or getting up and getting ready Father we pray let them be convicted in their spirit and that the spirit of the living God will say stop living on feelings, and start living by your faith in me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. Come on, church. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something Forty Smiths. I don't feel great. I don't feel great, but I don't care. I don't care how I feel. All I care about is, Lord, I know what you've called me to do. This word was so important to me. I mean, I was up here at the church working. I got home. I was working. Man, I, I didn't go to sleep close to close at midnight. Working on this message, trying to give my best. Can I tell you something? I didn't feel like being up. I could have went to bed at 9 o'clock and been cool. I could have said, Lord, you got to do it. I'm coming. I'm just start talking. Hopefully, you give me something. But you know what? I feel like this. You deserve better than that. Matter of fact, I believe God deserves better than that. So I took my time. Even when I got here this morning, I still wasn't satisfied. So I got here this morning, I'm still working on the message. I'm still adding scripture. I'm still adding more. I'm not going to give you something that I don't feel. You, you need more than that. You need more than just Pastor Lewis's feelings. You need Pastor Lewis who's going to go and pray and seek the face of God and hear from God. Amen. You guys need that. And I do that, and I I say all this not to, you know, lift me up, but I'm saying that if I can do it, so can you. Then when you don't feel it, so what, man? Just press into God, amen. Before we dismiss, I want to do one more thing. Yes.
1: Thank you, Jesus. (coughs) So after worship, I was standing over here just pressing in, just praying, continuing to worship. And I felt the Lord drop something on me, and it was totally like left field of everything that was going on. And, and I feel like he reminded me now. And so if it feels like left field, <laughs> don't hang up on your feelings. Okay, but I believe it's the Lord. This is what he impressed in my spirit is that there's some in this place, probably even a good amount of people who their earthly father was not there. Or maybe they were physically there, but not really there. And it's left a deficit inside of you. Some of these people, God showed me, their husbands or their fathers themselves right now. And because of that lack that they had, it runs over or runs into... Now that you're a father, you have a hard time because you didn't have a good example. Or it runs over into your relationship with the Lord. And you have a hard time seeing him. And really believing and knowing that he is your heavenly father. Because either you had a very bad example. Or you had no example at all. And today, I believe by the Spirit of God, that he wants to begin to come into that place. He wants to minister. He, personally, wants to minister to that place inside of every one of you today. Listen, that was me too. I felt the effects. I have felt them. But I have also learned how to overcome them. And not allow them to hold me back. And keep me in a broken mindset. Because that's called, what happens when you have a single parent home? It's called a broken home, isn't it? It'll cause you to live in a broken mindset. It'll cause you to live with a broken heart. Even though you cover it. And you just walk it out the best you can. There's still a broken area. Because it wasn't what God intended. It wasn't whole. And so today, if that's you. Listen, there is no shame. That was me too. That was me too. There is no shame. But I believe that if you right now can be honest with yourself. And honest before God, and you just lift up your hands. Listen, you don't have to be a man. You could be a, a woman. You could be a child in this place right now. It doesn't matter who you are. But if this is you, lift up your hands and begin to ask God to come in and fill, 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 fill that broken space, fill that broken area. Because you know, sometimes we have a hard time pressing in and talking to God because we don't understand what father is because we didn't have it we can define what everything is not because that's what we saw but we have a hard time defining what a true father is and so if that's you can you just lift your hands today because God wants to fill you but as well not just lift your hands and wait for me to pray but you talk to him because you see I don't know right where you're at I, I don't know the feelings you have I don't know the things that you carry and the things that you deal with on your level. And so if you could just lift up your voice to God and say, Lord, fill that area. Lord, heal that area inside of me, Lord. Heal my relationship with you. And let it not cause me to fall into the same pattern. Let it not cause me to fall into the same pattern. Come on, you got to talk to him because he wants to meet you personally. I can't do it personally for you, but only you and he can. Hallelujah, Jesus. If that's you, are you talking to him? I love you. But that's the thing is that we wait on everyone else to do it, and we can't. everyone else can't do it. Only he can do it. Only he can do it. And today he wants to do it, but he needs you to cry out to him. Listen, that is not a sign of weakness. That is a sign of strength. When you cry out to the Lord, when you cry out to him, you need money to pay your bills. So what do you do? You get yourself up and you go to work. Well, listen, you need the Lord to heal you now. So open your mouth and ask of him to fill you, to heal you, to help you in Jesus name. Father, I pray right now a blanket prayer. Over every person, God, that is honest with themselves and honest with you this morning and lifts up their hands, and not only their hands, but their heart to you. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would heal the brokenness, God. That you would heal the deficit, Father God. Lord Jesus, Father, I pray right now, Lord God, the emptiness that has been felt in every person's life where their father has not been there. Listen, fathers are so important. They have a very vital role, just as a mother, but a father also in a different way. And so, Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name against the the, the thought patterns that have been established now because of this hurt. Lord, I come against and I pray healing God in the hearts, Father God. Lord, they come so close, but then they just back away because it's scary and it's unfamiliar. Father, today I pray that they would come close to you again. Heavenly Father. That they would come close to you again, my Lord. God, that they would come close, Father God, to their children. That, Lord, they would allow them, their children to come close to them, my Lord. Not on a surface level, but on a deep level, Father. Lord, I pray that they would cry out to you, Father God. And, Lord, that you would fill every single person. Lord, fill that void. Fill that void, God. Fill, fill that hurt, Lord Jesus heal those feelings god in jesus name and minister right now holy spirit to their hearts minister lord your word says you are a father to the fatherless and lord i've held on to that since i discovered it in your word you are a father to the fatherless and lord you never let us down you never change your mind you don't turn your back you don't throw your hands up and walk out lord god you remain faithful Lord, you remain our Father in heaven. And Lord Jesus, I ask you to minister, to heal, to deliver your sons, Lord, especially the men in this place. I don't know why I feel that, but I feel that. The men in this place, Lord God, that have not had their earthly father in their lives, Lord God, and it hinders their relationship with you, Father God. I pray that you would heal that area right now. Holy Spirit, begin to speak. Holy Spirit, begin to minister. Holy Spirit, oh, Holy Spirit begin to do what only you can do, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. So listen, we want to do one more thing, amen. Our dear sister, Ms. Deanna, she's it's going to be our last service with us for a while, amen, and we want to pray a blessing and healing over your body. Hey, where's the oil at? Amen. So we're doing this because this is biblical. You get something too. Amen. So the word of the Lord declares that let the elders of the church lay hands on the sick, anointing them with oil, and they will be healed, and their sins will be forgiven. Hallelujah. What, a, what a blessing, amen? Because you know why this that's in there? Because the forgiveness of sins is better than the healing of our body because we'll be with Jesus one day, amen, where... There's going to be no issues. So your spiritual health is always going to be more important than your physical health. But know this. He cares about your physical health. He cares about the health of your body. Because I declare this. He ain't finished with you. Come on. Come on. Claim it. He ain't finished you. He actually, he's just getting started. Amen? Amen. So we're going to pray for you. Believe God for you. Father, in the name of, come on, pray with me, church. Lord, the Bible says that we're two or three come in agreement on anything it shall be done. Father, we stand upon your holy word, God. Father, we come in agreement as a church body, Father, for healing, Father, for Miss Deanna right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that you would be with her, Lord God, through this journey. We pray that when she doesn't feel like it. When she doesn't feel she has enough strength or feel she doesn't have enough power, that you would give it to her, Lord God, that you would give it in abundance, God, that you would give her, Lord God, strength that overflows, God, in the name of Jesus. I even hear this. I declare that you will be a light wherever you are, that other patients and people around you, you're going to be the light to their world. You're going to be the hope to their hopelessness. God is going to use you in the name of Jesus. You're not going to go in like a patient. You're not going to go in like a victim. You're going to go in on a mission. You're a soldier for the kingdom of God. So, Father, we pray, use her, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare healing, healing right now. You said, God, that by your stripes, she is whole and she is healed. Father, you're the great physician, God. We pray that you would do a work, you would do a miracle, Father. I can't wait for the day, God, that she comes on this stage and declares that I am healed in Jesus' name. That she will testify, God. Lord, you said... You said, God, that we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So, Father, we pray healing, breakthrough. Father, we even declare and decree, God, that healing angels would minister to her body day and night, Father. That even while she's sleeping, God, your angels are healing and ministering her our body, Father. Lord Jesus, if you needed angels to come around and minister to you when you were in those 40 days, Lord, so do we. So, Father, we pray, let those angels minister to her day and night. And, Father, I pray that nothing but words of declaration of healing would be upon her mouth day and night, Father. That instead of saying, I'm sick, she would declare, I'm healed. For faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. So, Father, we pray that she wouldn't allow anything to come out of her mouth that comes against your word, Father. No words of defeat. No words of failure, but only words of victory. And, Father, we pray for Derek and April and her family, that they will come around her, Lord God, and be words of encouragement and hope for her, Father, in the name of Jesus. What does that mean? That means, Lord, she is not alone. She is not alone, God. Lord, not only April and Derek, God, but, Lord God, her whole church family, Lord God, will be praying and contending for her, Father. So we declare it, we decree it, and we thank you, Father, in advance that it is done. Lord, she will not, it's not that she's going to be healed. We declare she is healed. She is healed, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, church, somebody give God praise, declaring it's already done in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say that. It is done in Jesus' name. Amen. You have anything in your heart you want to share with your mom? Before the body, you Sure. Okay. Derek, you have anything you want to share before the church? All right. I'll open the floor for you guys to do that. Amen. Because listen. What's that? Oh, come on. That's life. That's the Holy Spirit right there. Come on. Amen. So, so listen. That that shows you that I'm not going to be led by my feelings. Because listen, you needed this message. Man, did you need this. Because you're going to feel all kind of different ways. But you're going to say, you know what? It don't matter how I feel. All the things that matter is what God says. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, church, thank you guys, amen, for praying with our sister. Remember her in your prayers, Deanna. We're going to keep continuing, keep fighting in prayer, amen. But listen, this message, I was telling some of the guys this morning, I didn't plan on this, but this is going to turn into a series for June because it goes deeper. There's so much more I could have talked about. It goes way deeper, amen. So listen, what I want you to do is this. I want you to pump this up. I want you to listen. I want you to pray for this series. I want you to promote this series. And I want you to pump it up every time you see somebody. Do those three things, amen. And come back next Sunday. A lot of people on vacation, Memorial Day weekend, you know, we're still here. Amen. We didn't get to go nowhere. But listen, next week we're going to come back. We're going to be fired up, excited, amen. Listen, let's make this thing a big thing, amen. A lot of people right now, they're catching feelings. But feelings don't lead us to where we need to go if we're not careful. Amen. So let's not be led by feelings. Let's be led by the spirit of the Lord. Amen. We love you guys. God bless you. We are dismissed. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Cure Church Lead Summit podcast. If you would like to partner with us, please visit our website at www.thecurechurchls.com and click the give tab. We thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, Jesus is the cure.